This is the Patchwork Suite, where single musical theme is the common thread in a season of variations. The heart of these variations is the theme we're listening to now, a poetic waltz by Enrique Granados. I'm your Patchwork Suite host, Mary Claire Murphy, and throughout the series, I speak with composers who have graciously written a short work expressly for this podcast. I've asked each composer to draw on both the Granados theme and on a textile they find meaningful. With each new voice we hear, and with each musical sampling, we're building a colorful and diverse patchwork of artistic expression. To the patchwork, we add a floral quilt fit for a California king. Or maybe you could say, in the case of composer Stephen Dieter, it's a quilt fit for a Wisconsin king. I am originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where I grew up, uh, went to high school. I went to my undergrad in Wisconsin as well at a school called Lawrence University in Appleton. Um, There I studied composition as well as music theory and physics as well. After completing a double degree in music and physics at Lawrence University, Stephen took a few years off and eventually returned to academia for his master's degree in composition at Bowling Green State University, where he's now a second-year graduate student. The stars really aligned for this episode of The Patchwork Suite, as Stephen and his partner had just acquired a patchwork quilt shortly before I contacted him for this podcast. So the, the timing of this worked out really well and, and was also what got me down this path that I got down when I started working on this. Um, we had, my partner and I, had gone to a thrift store and found this quilt on the rack. For whatever reason that I, I wasn't really sure of at the time, she just became instantly in love with this quilt. She just, she saw it on the rack. She had been looking for a quilt, uh, a blanket, um, and just instantly she was in love with it. She was like, I gotta have this quilt. I'm buying it, and we got it. Um, and like I said, I didn't quite understand at first, you know, on, on the surface, very simple quilt. It's this very floral, um, green and pink and red and white quilt. Very, very big. That was one of the things that I think she liked about it and I I liked about it too, is this huge, huge like California king size quilt. But I was really just kind of enamored by how excited she got by this quilt. Uh, And the more I talked with her about that that little thing and and I looked at the quilt, I was like, oh, this is really an, an interesting a complex quilt. It's got all these cool designs in it. You know, it was a secondhand quilt. This is a thrift store we're talking about, so we have no idea who owned the quilt, whether it's a handmade, hand-stitched, really meticulously crafted quilt, or it could have been just off the shelves at at some big box store. But either way, that didn't change the fact that she really, really liked it. Um, And I thought that was just a, a really, really nice idea and something that could be expanded to something that could be expanded to a broader topic about um, people and about me and about the relationship. The relationship proved to be central in Stephen's creative process with the quilt transforming into a symbol of vulnerability. I wrote this piece with her in mind and I was always thinking about us as we were doing it but I was almost doing it kind of in secret like I didn't tell her about this project until it was done because I was feeling like it was a vulnerable project and I wanted it to be perfect and I wanted it to say exactly what I wanted it to say without any ambiguity. 
Given the directness Stephen was looking for, he thought it best to write a text for his musical variation. So the first step in the composition process, before writing any music at all, was to put his feelings into words. These are his thoughts, laid out in a poem called Second Hand. Pink and powder and green, the longest that you'd ever seen. No tag, no name to be found. I'm taking you home, mine for only a moment, but I will take care of you for now. Your threads are secondhand, but you're shiny and new. You'll keep me safe and warm, and I will keep your sacred form. Let your batting peek through, nothing you or I could do. I know the strength of your seams, and I will show you what comfort means. Each moment is secondhand, and each second is worth two. Make me like a quilt with patterns of you. When it comes to the message of the text, you know, it's personal, but I, it represents a philosophy about people and about relationships that I think is more universal. Something that I feel like more people should share and think about, this idea that being loved and being open and being vulnerable is scary, but it's amazing. Sharing the poetry for the first time was one of those scary and vulnerable moments, so Stephen wanted to make sure everything was just right. I felt like I had to iron out all the imperfections as I was going before I was going to show it to her, which, if you think about the message of the text, is kind of ironic because, in reality, I, I want her to see that whole process, and I, in looking back, I would have loved to have talked to her about it and, and worked with her, but I waited until I was done, and she enjoyed it a lot and she was very um, touched that I, I wrote something uh, about us and about her, um, which is not something that I've really done before. And so she liked it a lot. And she also, regarding the content of the text, she resonated with a lot of the messages. Uh, she said, it's like the Velveteen Rabbit. It's how the rabbit in the Velveteen Rabbit is is not uh, real until it's loved, and, uh, and I really like that. I had not thought about that at all. I, I knew the book, but uh, it was a really fun kind of comparison that I appreciated her perspective on. As you'll hear in a moment, Stephen poured as much thoughtfulness into the musical setting as he did into the text. To do so, he carefully considered how the music and lyrics might illuminate each other. certainly for this piece. I am looking to make the text sound as beautiful and as natural as possible. And powder and green, I think a lot about speaking patterns and and how we would naturally say things so whenever i'm setting the text i always say it out loud and find how the the melody would fit um, but in this case especially since i was writing the text and i was writing the music i really kind of treated them both equally and i had a basic framework of the text i had most of the lines laid out but as i was writing the music i would go and make little changes you know changing slight, making slight variations to the word choice or to the order of words in a way that I felt 
led to the most elegant musical line or, or sort of led to what I was looking for the music to do. What he wanted the music to do was to show how elegance and simplicity can be probed for deeper layers of complexity, just as the Granados Waltz can be. What I really was drawn to with the music was how simple it is. I mean, it's Granados and it's gorgeous and he does some really interesting things with just a page of music. Um, but the theme itself is is just mostly this stepwise, very simple, very elegant uh, melody. And the things that he does with it are fairly simple on the surface. But when I started getting into the piece a little more and, and playing through it and studying it, um, I was finding all of these little complexities and all these things like, oh, he chose this this three chord here instead of a five chord. That's so cool. Or he decided to do this in the minor key or something like that. Just all of these complexities that I hadn't even noticed the first time. So I was combining this idea of the simple on the surface and complex underneath with the idea of the quilt. It might just be that simplicity and stepwise motion that makes that theme stick in your head. And you'll notice, when you hear Stephen's variation, that it also leaves you humming the melody long after it's over and done. A stepwise melodic contour is a key similarity between the waltz and the variation. But at the opening, instead of stepping upwards like the waltz, Stephen drops his melody downwards. Not everything is topsy-turvy, though, in secondhand. There are still a few moments when a rising scalar segment peeks through with phrasing that is very reminiscent of the waltz theme. After a glimpse into Stephen's poetry, and now his music, wouldn't you know he performed it too, along with pianist Abigail Peterson. Stephen first got involved in the vocal arts around about high school. This was after several years of playing his favorite rock songs on guitar, so he was a bit surprised to discover that he was also really into choir. For my high school, you sort of had to choose a track in terms of the fine arts program. Um, you had to either be in choir, either be in uh, visual art, or music appreciation. So it was just one of those three, and I had originally chosen music appreciation, so I was like, I don't sing, I don't paint, I'll just do this. Um, but one of my friends from middle school, who also was going to the same school, uh, decided that he wanted to do choir, and so I was like, oh, okay, I want to hang out with my friend, so I'll go to choir. Um, and then like day one choir, the choir director uh, of my high school, um, Erica Breitbarth, was this, this incredibly passionate, incredibly interesting and cool music teacher and like just blew me away with how much she was into it. And we started singing and I was immediately like, oh, this is really fun. And I wasn't great at it at first, but I learned and, and got more into it. And so... In those four years of high school, interacting with her, the, the choir director, and singing more um, just made me really, really excited to, to sing and to make music. So I started taking some voice lessons in, in uh, my senior year of high school 
and then once I got to my undergrad we had to take performance lessons even as composers so I kept doing some voice lessons um, just singing more and more and I especially like singing in choir choir singing is one of my favorites um, so I've just been I've been singing a lot since then and it's really something that I enjoy doing Singing, writing, composing, you can tell by now that creativity is a way of life for Stephen. Even outside of music, he loves working with his hands. Gardening, baking, and woodworking, for example. He's even recently gotten into the art of winemaking. So this was one of the things that I got into during the pandemic um, that has been really fun for me. I I got into it because the apartment that I lived in uh, during that time had a cherry tree, and I asked the landlord if I could pick the cherries, and he said, go for it. So I picked as many cherries as I could, me and my friends, and I made wine out of it, and it was delicious. So since then, I've been, I've been doing that a little more um, just in whatever free time I have. It's, I, I really like to make stuff and, and to um, make things that I can share with other people. Speaking of cherries and sharing things with other people, we have yet to share with you the cherry on top of this entire episode, and that is Stephen Dieter and Abigail Peterson in performance for Secondhand. This is a patchwork suite variation on a theme by Enrique Granados. Thank you. 
Stephen Dieter summarized the message he hoped to convey through secondhand with a written program note saying, We shape the people we love just by loving them, and the act of sharing oneself with another is an act of creation, building something out of nothing, and magnifying specialness in one another. My sincere thanks to Stephen for his contribution and conversation on the Patchwork Suite. To learn more about the podcast or to revisit the original theme, queue up the Patchwork Suite Episode 1 and find all subsequent episodes online at wgte.org.